Hey everyone, welcome back to the Undercover Weebs podcast where we talk about anime. This episode, we'll be talking about the best villains or the best antagonists. I personally thought that this is a good follow-up episode to our last one that was on the best protagonists. 100%. Uh, I'm excited. Shameless plug, go watch the last episode or go listen to the last episode if you haven't yet. Yeah, that one is pretty good. I mean, they're all good, but that one was obviously they're all pretty, good. pretty sick. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one today because I feel like I end up liking villains a little yeah. bit more than I like the protagonists or the good guys. So this, is, this should be a fun one. Yeah, I feel like at least I feel like I can side with the villains a little bit more because they're usually fighting for personal beliefs. Unlike yeah. at least in like shonen genres where they're mm-hmm. fighting for like just to be the best because they want to. Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they flesh out villains more because I feel like a big appeal to a lot of shows yeah. when you can relate and like almost side with a villain, and it just makes them so interesting and so deep. Yeah, you gotta flesh out the villain to like give it a good impact. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, you want to start it? Want to start it off, AK? Yeah. So well, let's get right into it. Sure. Yeah, the first one, um, is actually one that I'm just gonna bring up as an honorable mention. Uh, from Bleach, uh, which is Sasuke Aizen. Aizen, yeah. Yeah. So, I haven't seen Bleach. Yeah, I've seen up through the Soul Society arc and a little bit past that, which right after it is like filler. But in the Soul Society arc, he put, he pulls some super big Ray moves uh, with the ability that his uh, Bankai has. Or actually, I think it's his Shikai, uh, which is like his special sword ability or whatever. You probably mm-hmm. don't know because you haven't seen nope, much of I, it i have no idea what a shikai or bankai even is yeah but he pulls some <laughs> super big brain moves so he like basically like fakes his own death and then like i'm pretty sure more towards the end uh he like reveals that he literally planned everything that uh that ichigo has like done up to this point just because he at that point he like has become the perfect being right and then ichigo just bitch slaps him dude i've like i've honestly i've watched a couple of videos on aizen and i've seen a bunch of stuff about him and he seems like he just had the biggest big brain moves of all time next to lelouch yeah like, didn't he just play out the whole thing like everyone was just in aizen's game pretty much yeah like he literally planned out pretty much i'm pretty sure from what i've heard is that he planned out, like, even to the point of, like, Ichigo's birth. Right. Dude, I've, I've seen this crazy scene. crazy to even think about. That's, that's wild. And I've seen the scene where, like, Ichigo, main shonen protagonist, is getting all amped up to stop Aizen. And then he, like, comes in with his, I don't know, his sword, Shikai, whatever you want to call it. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what it's called. And then Aizen just stops it with one finger. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking was, crazy. That was so clown. What a flex. Honestly, I wish there was less filler in that show because I feel like I'd really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that, I, and I guess I could skip over the filler. And I think they're planning on bringing the show back uh, to finish it because they stopped before they adapted the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, me, me and AK were actually thinking about maybe doing like a uh, bleach like podcast or bleach read through or something. So if that's in the future, if that's something you guys yeah. are interested in, we might do that. We just because neither of us. I mean, you've seen Soul Society, but yeah, but that's just the very tip of the iceberg on right. On so bleach. we could 
we could start that over and go through it because I've heard good things about Bleach. Yeah, I just have never watched it. I think we both really enjoy it. I think it's like right up both of our alleys, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really have any honorable mentions. I'm just I'm gonna jump right into it, AK, because I know yeah. you love this guy. Let's start it off hot. Um, Hisoka from Hunter Hunter. Yes, he is, he's, he's great. He's like my favorite <laughs> villain of all time, probably. He's up there for mine. He's up there in my favorite anime characters in general. He is just so cool. He is so sick. Yeah, and the the thing about him is, like, you don't really side with him in, like, a moral standing. But, like... Curvy gay clown. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he literally fights just to, like, get off. Seriously. That's what he... But that's kind of what makes him scary is, like, it's literally a primal instinct of fighting yeah and it's like a, yeah he just wants to like better himself and fight strong people that is his only reason for living basically and that's honestly kind of what makes him scary is the fact that it is a primal instinct for this and right. not like most other people are fighting for a specific reason whether it be related to their backstory but he's just so much different than Dude, like he- He's just chaos Anything. embodied. Like it is. He, he really is. And his character design, dude, I love his character design. Like it's got like that Joker vibe. Yeah. He's just, like, it's done perfectly. It's I've... done so well. And really, like, since this is just on my list, I think the whole like Phantom Troop as a whole is just well, he's soka like kind of faked being the Phantom Troop. Right. But like that's like such a good villain group. It is. It really is. And I really like like where they come from. Because they're all like the low of the low, basically. Or like they're the scum of the world coming from Meteor City. Yep. And they just create this basically powerhouse group. Yeah. It's York really New sick. Art, you realize how crazy those guys are and how strong how they strong are. they actually are. And then it Good. makes you question how strong they are because Karapuga just absolutely destroys uvogen right because you get like three four episodes of uvogen just tearing everyone like literally some of the best hunters dude i remember the first time i watched that i thought karapika was gonna get just wasted like i thought it wasn't even going to be close but karapika's like net ability is literally like a cheat code for anybody in the phantom troop it's yeah it's basically like it puts him on crollo level against crollo like he's just yeah it is ridiculous one thing i like about the phantom troop and especially hisoka i guess and crollo is they're so hard to read like i i don't know what to think about any of them yeah like hisoka had me confused like the whole time like i never really got like his vibe or what he was about Mm -mm. because he's a super genius like his combat presence and like his combat iq is off the charts i mean hisoka was literally in the phantom troop so he could kill phantom troop members like down the line like, he Dude, literally it, just wants to fight strong people. Right, and then he joins the Phantom Troop, like, just to fight them, and he has them all confused. I mean, he has, like, Karapika and everyone confused because they don't know if he's actually in it or not. And even the Phantom Troop, like, in the York New Arc, they just don't understand, like, Hisoka. They're, like, I don't know, he's just, like, the oddball. He's, he's just great in general. He's just great. He's so interesting. And I really like how he makes such a shitty net ability OP as fuck. Yeah. His, his net ability actually, like, sucks. It's so bad. 
like he's probably one of the least entertaining net abilities in the entire thing you know what i'm saying oh, yeah absolutely it's like just hisoka's presence that and like his combat iq that makes the net ability good dude now that i think about it he's loki kind of a simplistic character he just wants to fight no. strong people like, but that's what makes him scary <laughs> and that, that's so. what makes him scary and so like intimidating and the thing is he's like he is the main antagonist of the hunter exam arc yep but he's past that he's in such a gray area because, he like, he helps Gon and Kilua in, like, Greed Island, and he helps Kilua in the... I'm pretty sure he helps him in the New York New City. Mm-hmm. Or, like, in that arc. Like, he's, he's he flops sides all the time. Right. But he's just... I don't know. It's crazy. He's a crazy villain. He is a crazy villain. And he has so many cool moments in the series. Like, some of my favorite moments throughout the whole series all revolve around Hisoka. Yeah. You know what I love about that world, too, is that they don't... Hisoka is, like, a villain, and, like, in the beginning, like, they also give villains hunters, like, Mm -hmm. villains are hunters as well, which is weird to think about, because then, like, the world is, like, the... Basically, the government isn't made up of good people. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, Like, or at least the Hunter Association, they don't discriminate for your purposes which is really weird to think about they don't really have a moral code at all it's basically just the strong yeah you can you can just do whatever you want with like if once you're a hunter yeah basically if you're strong enough to finish the exam then you're a hunter and then you basically can do whatever the hell you want and you're loaded being a hunter would be lit yeah it would be it'd be sick i just love that world yeah that anime yeah well I mean, since we're on Hunter Hunter, we might as well bring up one that I would assume would be on both of our lists, uh, which is Meruem. Yup. Uh-huh. I love Meruem. And I, I like the Chimera Ants arc a little bit more than you, I feel like. And I, I yeah. also am a little bit higher on Meruem because I think I honestly like Meruem maybe just a little more than Hisoka when it comes to being a villain. And yeah, I, at I least for like, like the, the moral aspects of who Meruem yeah. is. Yeah, but he's just a really deep, fleshed-out character, and I feel like the main reason I like the Chimera Ants arc so so much and why I like Meruem is because it's basically Gon's descent into becoming a monster, and it's Meruem's ascent to being more human and having yeah. human emotions and feelings like they have and making connections. Completely, like, backwards, parallel movement yeah. to one another. Because they start really on... cool to look at. It is, because they start on complete opposite sides of the spectrum as Gon being a great kid and Meruem being this cold, cold-hearted monster who's even, like, cold-hearted to the guards and other Chimera ants. And then they, by the end of that arc, they, they, they switch. They just flop. Yeah, it's all because Komugi. Komugi. Komugi would not let Meruem win in uh, Gungi. I think that's what yeah, it's called. I think so, yeah. It, that was such an interesting dynamic too because you have arguably the most powerful being in the series and you have this frail sick blind woman mm-hmm. and she's she is the one that teaches Meruem what it's like to have emotions and care for someone else yeah it's yeah i mean i do i'm not as the biggest uh like it's not my favorite arc of the show yeah but i do like i will concede to the fact that it's a wonder like it's a great arc and uh-huh. he is 
by far the like the best fleshed out villain in the show i'd say mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and he's kind of overpowered done right you know like he never gets nerfed throughout the no. thing so someone can beat him it's kind he's of disappointing that he doesn't have like a net ability though you know what i'm saying yeah, true he's just the embodiment of brute force you know would have been really sick if he would have had something like you know how gene can just like kind of copy people's hatsu but like that's not his mm-hmm. hatsu it would have been cool yeah. if uh like netardo was doing his hundred guanyin but i don't know how the hell you say it uh like his hatsu it would have been cool if uh Merum just pulled out literally the same one and just slaps him with yeah. it yeah and that would have been pretty sick because god that fight dude was like pretty short but it was done so well it was yeah I I love Meruem, and I really like because you really the power scaling in that arc is wild because you we meet Kite, and then Kite's just OP as hell. Like, we're way like, oh my better God. than Gon and Kilua. This hunter is unbelievable. Like, like I thought he was on like Gein's level, and he literally like the moment Pito shows up, just one shots him, bodies mm-hmm. him, easy. Like, and then I'm like, holy shit these like chimera ant guards are op and then you figure out that meruem's on a whole nother league and could one shot pito like yeah it's like what how is anyone gonna touch this man yeah and then going one shots pito later with <laughs> uh with his transformation okay i didn't really get that fight because pito was like dead but then still fighting like post-mortem had then. yeah yeah oh yeah that's right okay okay post-mortem then is like supposed to be way more powerful than or mm-hmm. like it amplifies your net ability after you die if you're strong okay. enough to like perform post on them then. Yeah. And actually, uh, spoiler ahead, and it's not really a big thing. Uh never mind. I'm not gonna say it. It is a really big thing. But, yeah. Don't spoil. Don't spoil it for me. Yeah. Uh, it's past the, the the, uh, the, anime, the anime. Yeah. Gotcha. But I'd actually like to bring up one. Bring up an antagonist slash villain from. Believe it or not, My Hero Academia. All right, go for it. And that would be Stain. Yes! Oh, AK, that's such a good one. He's my favorite villain in the series for sure. I feel like Stain really finally was a character that grounded the show. Yeah. Because it's this whole, like, super imaginary world where they're – heroes fighting for good and villains that are just villains for no good reason and then stain comes out of the cheap seats and starts killing all these heroes because he realizes that these are just fake heroes that want to be cool and i loved that part i i did too he because he literally and that and then he it made a point to like make it seem as though like the majority of heroes are just doing it to be cool and for money basically not which is true genuinely want to help it is like they're all about the standing of being a hero and the only two that's literally why deku's a hero deku yeah true but like he ended up respecting deku just because he got like bitch slapped by deku but true but he just respects all might and yeah he's dude yeah he is a good one. He's by far my favorite villain in the series, and I would say that Stain arc is one of my favorite parts in the mm-hmm. whole thing. At least in terms of like the villain being fleshed out, I'd say it's mm-hmm. my favorite part. Uh, in terms of like the battles and stuff, I'd say the overhaul, yeah, was the best. I agree, just because that that endeavor fight with the Nomu was unbelievably hype. 
and we got to see the start of the change in Endeavor. That was cool too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Stain's a good one. And dude, that that part where he's like his ribs are shattered and like poking his lungs, and he starts yeah, he walking dies. towards Endeavor and all the villains, and he's just like making them all back down because his bloodlust is so crazy. That yeah. part was that part was hype. That, I um, will say that his ability never really made much sense to me. Yeah, Stains didn't. But I but then again, none of the abilities in that show ever make sense to me. Right, and that's like the only gripe I have because he was like stronger and faster than deku and he's just a normal guy yeah. he must have been training his ass off or some shit true and he didn't have a nose he did not have a nose he he's kind of an ugly bitch you know what really weird like weirds me out in the whole show is like what if all for one took away uh like froppy's ability or like the bird dude ability i don't remember this is like tokonami or something like what do they become then yeah, like, dude, their bodies are mutated for that. Like, that's not really like a quirk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know what would happen. Like, how do you take that away? I don't know. Like, maybe they, would they just? Would they? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. There's a lot of plot holes and like things. There's that so I don't many get. plot holes. That's why I don't. That's why I, the show disappoints me because the writing I feel like is just kind of sloppy. Mm-hmm. I agree. It is kind of sloppy. It's like just a shonen, shonen, like a super mm-hmm. mega shonen. It's one that's, I guess, not philosophically driven. So it's just you're watching it for the cool fights and artificially made emotional moments. Yeah. It's kind of a hype man series. It really is. That's what, like, it's what's popular in Shonen, I guess. It is. It is. That was a good one, AK. I, that was not on my list, but it should have been because I do enjoy Stain. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk about Dio. 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 Zawado. I simp for Dio. I love him. He could do anything and I would still love him. He's just the worst guy, but the best. He really, I, he's, I love Dio, but again, it's kind of with the thing that like, he has no reason to be a villain, but he just no, is. I feel like he's just the embodiment of evil. And cause he was just that born in such a shitty situation. Like his dad was a scumbag. And he just grew up on the streets of wherever that what I can't remember what they called it, like Ogre Street, isn't that what they called it in the anime? I, I cannot remember. And he's just yeah, this cold hearted bitch. Cause he's just like I feel like he thinks the world has bullied him and his whole thing is he just wants to take everything the world has to offer. Like he just wants it all because he feel like he feels like he got nothing like from the start. Yeah, and I kinda like true. that, dude. I, I like that. And he has such a god complex, and I just, he really I does like, have a god complex. I feel like he's a pretty good villain, and he literally is the driving point of the whole entire show. Yeah, I guess so. He's literally pretty much like, isn't he? Well, he's not the one that made the arrows, isn't that the old woman? No, I think I thought. I don't know. I it was think... kind of weird though. Was that like in the beginning of this of uh, when they first started getting stands? Like, people were given stands when he, like, implanted that thing in their brain or, like, in their forehead. And then they then people started getting stands from an arrow. But I, you can get a stand just... Yeah, like, and then people, people just started him. being born with stands and stuff. I guess there's not really any... Holnerev had his his whole life, I'm pretty sure. Did Kaki Owen? 
I don't know. I don't know about Kakuin, but um, I know Polnareff did. I'm pretty sure Avdal did. Yeah, I guess. I mean that um, the Hangman, the guy that killed Polnareff's sister, he had his because that happened like when Polnareff was younger. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, yeah, I think stands are just kind of. I think it can be born with them. It's just kind of ambiguous. Theo, yeah. yeah, the the arrow. But yeah, he's like the driving point of the whole series, and I love Dio. I think he's sick, and I think his presence in the anime, he has some of the best presence out of any villain. Because every time he's on screen, I'm literally just like, oh my god, it's Dio. Like, holy shit. Yeah. And you know, like, the best part of my favorite, or my favorite part of the show that, like, involves Dio, but actually doesn't involve Dio, is when uh, Joseph, like, is basically killed, and then he, like, wakes up in the back of the truck, and he fakes being Dio. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. (laughs) That was so funny. That's just Joseph being Joseph. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was amazing. That was like my favorite part of, yeah. of part three. So, in part three, is the reason when they put Dio's blood back into Joseph and um, Jotro started pumping his heart, was it because Dio was dead? So his like vampiric like cells and shit just weren't in the blood, you know? Yeah. Like, I, didn't, I didn't really get that. Because like five episodes prior... This guy cut his head off for Dio, and then he just bled on him, and then his head reattached, and the guy turned into a vampire. Yeah, like, there's a lot of, of shit that goes yeah. on like that in JoJo's that just goes unexplained. Just go along. It's just got to stick along for the ride, man. It's a great ride. <laughs> it's it's a wild ride. It is that's a for wild sure. ride. Yeah. Got to talk about Dio. Dio's necessity in the villains. Muda, 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 muda. Well, my... Uh, my next one is from a show that I don't think I don't believe you've seen, and that's uh, Yuri from Megalobox. I have not seen Megalobox, but I've heard things good things about it. Yeah, so Yuri's a lot more of like a simpler kind of villain. Um, is Megalobox, that kind of, uh, white hair. Yeah, well, it's like silver. Like white. silver. Yeah, yeah. It, Megalobox is a lot more of like a simpler kind of anime where there's these. Like, it's about a boxing, but the, they box with, like, basically aid from, like, machine arms that they, like, attach mm-hmm. to themselves. And the main character is, like, an underground fighter that basically throws matches so he can make money. And then the Yuri comes along, who's, like, a professional fighter in what's called Megalonia. It yep. just challenges him to, like, an actual fight in, in like, an under- underground match and absolutely destroys the main character who gets to buy by the way this is like a really not like a major plot thing but i thought it was super dumb he can he needs to get like a fake id to participate in like megalonia tournament yeah and he chooses like he can choose any name and he chooses joe (laughs) no last name either just joe joe yep uh but yeah so in the end like it's basically yuri and joe fighting for their for honor basically just like who's the best and yuri originally has like this like super op like integrated uh gear mm-hmm. so he basically can't take it off because it's like part of him but then in the in the end gear or he's called gearless joe and he doesn't use gear just like as yeah. a gimmick thing so people would actually fight him mm-hmm. and then like he actually makes it to the championship against yuri and then Yuri has his integrated gear removed so they can both fight without gear. Oh, that's lit. Yeah. 
I really, I think, like, you're just, like, an honest guy that fights, like, he's fighting for his honor. He's just, I don't know, it's different. Yeah, I, Megalobox was relatively big when it came out. I saw a bunch of stuff about it. Yeah, I like how it has, like, old-style animation. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little switch-up. Mm-hmm. I definitely like that. It gives it a more, like, hand-drawn feel and... Like, even the backgrounds are hand-drawn, which doesn't happen a lot nowadays. Right, yeah. CGI is just... Isn't CGI cheaper? Cheaper, faster. When done well, it looks good, too. Yeah, it looks... It looks great. But you don't get the same feel that you do from that hand-drawn. Because it's like like a kind of a night and day contrast. You just know immediately. Mm -hmm. It's super easy to tell that, like, the whole thing is, like, pretty much hand by hand. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good show. I had that recommended to me by somebody, actually. Yeah, so that's all I have to say about Yuri. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a podcast unless we talk about One Piece. Any villains from One Piece you want to talk about before I get into the ones you don't really, you haven't seen yet? I don't really think any of the villains have made a big enough impact on me yet. Cro- I, Crocodile is a pretty good villain. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like compared to other villains that you get later, though, I feel like he's not really very important. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, I still thought he was a good villain. It's been a while since I've uh, went over that arc, but I just remember I really enjoyed Crocodile at the time. And it was the first time like Luffy just gets shit on, which I was surprised that they did that because he got shit on by Crocodile twice, I believe. Yeah, I don't remember how many times it was. I remember he got stabbed through the chest Mm -hmm. and then left in like quicksand. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I thought he was pretty cool, but I do want to talk about Blackbeard. I went over him in, I think, our first video a little bit, mm-hmm. but Black Blackbeard, even though we've seen a decent amount of him, but I mean, his, I feel like he's going to end up being the final villain. Yeah, personally. I've only seen him in the beginning of the Skypiea arc, which you don't really know anything about him yet. Right. That was a cool introduction, though, and we talked about it in a previous video with, like, how him and Luffy have, like, similar ideals, and, like, they just want, like, freedom and to have fun. But you learn later they are like the same but polar opposites, mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool. But I didn't catch this my first time watching One Piece, and I caught it when I reread the Impel Down Marine Ford arc. Blackbeard has a ridiculously hugely stupid big brain move that I didn't even catch the first time. So now I'm like simping Blackbeard because it, I did not catch it. He literally played everybody, and you'll you'll really? you'll, you'll figure it out and like. If you miss it, I'll 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 explain it to you, and you're gonna be like, "Holy shit!" How far in it is it? It's the Marine Ford arc, so oh, I got about uh, 400 more chapters to go. Yeah, then I'm I at chapter late, 100 right now, so yep, late 500s, early 600s. Well, it's like 500s through early 600s, and I I literally didn't catch it. I was like, "Oh my god, this man played everybody," but yeah, he's he's great. And then also, I was gonna just briefly mention Do Flamingo who is my favorite villain in the series, I think, so far. And I really can't talk too much about him without spoiling without yeah. spoiling it for you. So I'm I've not heard a few things about him, but I don't really know much about him. Dude, I love how, like, he's just – his character design is so flamboyant and, like, I don't know, fruity. But he is just a stone-cold savage. He is ruthless. He's awesome. sinister. Isn't he, and... like, in the 600s for chapters, too? 
seven hundreds. Alabasta oh, or not Alabasta. Alabasta's um, in like Dofa is seven hundred. And I really like Doflamingo as a character. He gets fleshed out, and I can't tell you why because that's actually big spoiler territory. But mm-hmm. he also is pretty cool. So I just wanted to brief over that. Yeah, take it away. Yeah, so I got another one that I would be surprised if it wasn't on your list because we actually kind of just talked about her in the last episode. Uh, and that's Isabel from Promise Neverland. She is on my list. For the whole first 11, I think it's a 12-episode series, and basically yep. for the whole first 11 episodes – you think that she's just the scum of the earth like i hated her basically selling these orphans yeah and you just like they the show makes you hate her makes she seem like the worst person in the world when she breaks emma's leg i wanted to like jump through the screen and beat that bitch's ass yeah but then after you figure out why she's doing what she does that she's just doing it so she can stay alive. That really gives her a whole nother depth. And no, that hits yeah. super hard. Dude, I got choked up. I, uh, my roommate just, we actually just watched it. And I watched the last like seven episodes with them. Yeah. And dude, I actually got like choked up at the end. Like when Isabel's character arc happened and all that stuff. It's and it so hits so hard. So sad. Because she tries she to get Emma to follow the same path that she did to become a mama. She does because they're they're super similar. Her and Emma are actually kind of similar. Isabella's low-key and Emma gone bad, gone down the wrong path. Yeah, but not even like – I wouldn't even consider that Emma gone bad, but just like Lost she didn't have – yeah, she didn't have the opportunity to actually get away. Yeah. God, dude, that series is so, so good. That is such, it is such a good watch. Well, and so right at the end, she gets emotion. And you realize that she did have these emotions the whole time. Yeah. And that's what just made it hit so goddamn hard. You realize, yeah. You realize the reasons that she is, like, being such an ass to the kids. And, like, that last moment when they, uh, when certain things happen and she's standing on, like, the ledge and she, like, lets her hair fall down and she just looks broken. She looks mm-hmm. destroyed. And that, that just hit, man. I realized how much I really loved that final episode. It was yeah. great. And then you realize after that that, oh, she's probably done for. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah. no way they're going to let that fly. Nope, she's probably screwed. She is D-E-D dead. Yeah. I mean, they don't show it, but it, they assuming. make it pretty obvious. Yeah. God, Promise Neverland is so goddamn good. After rewatching over half of it, holy shit. I remember sending, uh, like, after I watched the first couple episodes, I remember sending you, like, a, a text message or something saying, this show is literally amazing. Yeah. It is going to have, like, Death Note level hype around it. And you need to watch it now. Yeah, I binge it a day after that. The whole thing. I just cruised through every episode. I couldn't stop watching. I needed to know what happened. It has so many ups and downs. Like with Norman. Oh, 
Dude, the episode when he figures out like what's past the like cliff or not the I guess he figures out there is a cliff and he just yeah. comes back. I thought he was going to leave. I really thought Norman was going to like es- escape and oh, that show so good. Couldn't rec- I, like I honestly couldn't find a better show to recommend. Like it's... And that, that type of show isn't um my roommate's cup of tea exactly and he loved it. It's he done so perfectly it. that honestly I'm surprised it didn't get more hype around it. Dude, same. I'm surprised it didn't get Death Note level hype. I really am. Because it is a show that I think could break the barrier of, like, into Western audiences because of how good the storytelling itself is. The storytelling and the writing is unmatched. It's amazing. And I'm so surprised. Like, yeah, among the actual anime community, it's, like, very well known. But past that... Like, it didn't get any super levels of hype around it anywhere else. Right. I do I do have another one, and I think you saw this coming from me. It's uh, Griffith. Yep. Oh, is he's a villain? Uh, he's supposed <laughs> to be a good guy. I don't know anything about Berserk, but I thought he was supposed That's, to be a good guy. Okay, so Griffith is, for a big chunk of the Golden Age arc, based, okay, the whole Golden Age arc, he is a good guy. Him and Guts are boys. He is a, a fantastic, good character. And all all he wants is to have his own kingdom. Because he was kind of born in the slums. He didn't really have much growing up. And his thing is he wants his own kingdom. He just wants to have like a perfect kingdom where everyone can live and be free and have a good time and that there's no like war or crime. He low-key wants like a, a perfect, like a utopia. And that's that's his whole goal. He wants to have a kingdom, like a good utopia. And certain things happen, and Griffith snaps. And when I'm telling you Griffith snaps, AK, the eclipse, what, it, what you're going to read or watch Berserk or do something with Berserk at some point because it's a staple. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is the most insane shit ever. It's like kind of a happy, fun-loving story. It has darker undertones at first. Mm-hmm. When Griffith Griffith snaps this thing, the most sanin of all sanins, the darkest shit ever. Like, oh, it's so well done. And he's just he's basically the contrast to Griffith. And it's he's amazing. He is amazing. His fall from grace is the one of my favorite parts in all of anime. Yeah, it's, I guess I just like I don't know barely anything about Berserk other than the fact that the main characters' names are Guts and Griffith. That's about it. Yeah, it's... And just, like, the tidbits that you've told me. Mm-hmm. He ends up... He ends up breaking down... Just completely breaking down due to something that Guts does. And he just throws his dream away. He throws it away. And there's this whole thing with Griffith. And then he realizes, like no, my dream needs to come true. I will sacrifice anything and everything. I will sacrifice my humanity to make this come true. And that's when shit hits the fan. And it is well done. It is amazing. I love it when that happens, when characters will go to any length for their personal beliefs on what they want. Because that, I mean, that's the most realistic thing to me is that you're fighting for something that you want so bad. Instead of something that's what's more often just like 
right because they're just a jackass you know and yeah and that's what also makes him good because at the start of the story his whole thing is he wants to be a king and have the kingdom that's his whole thing that's the only reason his basically only reason for living but when guts is introduced he gets this like more human connection with guts and he realizes like i really love this guy i care for him there are bigger things in my dream and then throughout the story he's slowly starting to achieve his goal because he has his band of hawks and they're just amazing Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's low-key his relationship with guts that is his downfall and so he plummets he's like he's up there on his way to becoming a king and then he just plummets and hits and then the moment he hits rock bottom is when he throws everything away to achieve his goals and it's well done and yeah that's all i gotta say for that yeah, I should really uh, start picking up that manga. It's amazing. The art is just uh, beautiful, and the story is so good. Yeah, go for it, AK. All right, uh, my next one is from a show that you're currently watching. I think you're about 10 episodes in at the moment, so you haven't yeah, seen so a whole cool. lot of them yet. Uh, but it's Shogo Makashima from Psycho Pass. And... He's so sick. He is so sick. What I think helps make him make such a impact on uh, the world as a whole, or like just in the show, is the fact that this basically the civil system is just so twisted. It's so twisted. But it's what runs their entire government. It, it's literally like it will. If you like it, you get a arrested for thinking about doing something bad right like just having the thought which is, which so is stupid. it's so crazy that like you can't even think about doing anything that's slightly wrong or your hue will be clouded yeah and then you what... have the risk like there's monitors everywhere except for like certain areas mm-hmm. he calls everything into question basically. yeah and he doesn't even do the things himself either. Like he basically finds people that are pretty much broken and mm-hmm. then will get them to do like kind of public acts. Like specifically, I remember the girl that, or like he got a girl to make art from dead bodies. Yep. He cl- like that clouds everyone's hues. And he just, he really brings in the question of like, why what is like the purpose of living if like you can't even have emotions right and because like every person goes through some trauma in their life and that's gonna cloud your hue in this Mm -hmm. world and that's just part of being a human being and living and that's what makes it so interesting and so deep because you can't have a perfect hue the whole time like humans no except for him who has that which i actually forgot about but he is criminally asymptomatic so no matter what he thinks or what he does like he cannot be judged by the civil system and is he in the wrong because he is just trying to show the world that like this is not the right system Mm -hmm. which is like it's super obvious that this system is like super bad Mm -hmm. but everybody is so attached to it at this point that it's civil or nothing like yeah I will I say think... that the way he brings it to a, to attention is not morally right, but the fact that he does bring it to attention is. Is, and 
his his goal like i feel like his goal is morally correct it's just his way of going about it is super fucked up yeah <laughs> and very... wrong, that's what makes him a good villain and even though i haven't I'm, I'm to the part where this has been explained yeah so i get this and are already from what i've seen i understand why he's such a good villain and it's it's perfect it fits the world perfectly mm-hmm. and it's just it's so so good yeah, he's a broken man trying to fix a broken world, and it's great. It he's is. Probably, I said Hisoka is my favorite villain, but now that I think about it, Shogo Makashima might uh, might take the cake. Because, yeah, because he's basically just, like, feels no emotions, but he's intelligent, and he sees the bigger picture. Yeah, it, he's a person that is allowed to have emotions because he's criminally asymptomatic Mm -hmm. yeah he's cool when he ends up he does a certain thing where he uh slits a certain person's throat right in front of someone who cares really a lot for this person my jaw dropped dude i was like holy shit this is real and she can't do anything to defend or like she couldn't defend the person because he's criminally asymptomatic and they use the dominators that only shoot people that Q is like above like a hundred. Yeah. Okay, that was I think the last uh second to last episode I watched was um that episode where that happened and I don't who's think the you can guy just stop after that. No, it's because um my Funimation wasn't working. Yeah. But um it was also the episode where what's the guy's name? Uh, who what guy are you talking about? Like the the main girl's like sidekick. Um horse or whatever. I can't remember, you know. Like Anyways, but it was person. it was the episode where that guy was getting hunted. Yeah, yeah, that was a super dope episode, and of course, my Funimation stops working. Yeah, like mine that. had the same problem, but I just now had to like extra. do it I'm a bunch of times. Start watching again. All right, uh, I'm surprised that you didn't put this person on your list, actually, uh, and that's Askeladd. No, okay, yep. Let's talk about Askeladd. Uh, Talk about Askeladd. I love Askeladd. The weird thing oh. about yeah, the weird thing about Askeladd from Vinland Saga, in case people don't know who that is, he the first two three episodes, he's set pro or set antagonist. He does some horrible things to the protagonist Thorfinn, yeah, and to his dad. But then like after that, Thorfinn ends up being like stuck on his ship on mm-hmm. Askeladd's ship. I don't know how to properly explain this because if I say like right. why he's there, it's a spoiler. It's a huge spoiler. Yeah. But basically, he ends up raising Thorfinn. Mhm. And he has a connection to Thorfinn. I really yeah. think Askeladd cares for Thorfinn. Like, but the thing I, is, like, Thorfinn hates Askeladd so much. With his like, whole the being, only reason he's staying with him is so he can fight him and kill him. Right. And So, like, take revenge. And it's, like, his whole reason for living. That's his whole thing, is he wants to kill Askeladd, and he will do anything. He has to, The reason he has to stay with him to kill him is because Askeladd is OP as hell, and Thorfinn's nowhere near on Askeladd's level. Yeah. So Askeladd's actually, Askeladd's like... Askeladd's the most skilled him. fighter in the... Other than Thorfinn's dad, Thor's. He's mm-hmm. the most skilled fighter in the show absolutely god you really can't talk about his really his character 
like getting fleshed out because that's big time spoilers. But yeah. wow, well, I mean, he you can... the best characters in all of anime, honestly. Yeah, but he does like in the middle to end, like he is like uh, he's on Thor, he's on the protagonist bad side. Yep. But you find yourself cheering for him because he's also on the good side of Canute, mm-hmm. who is like the good or like basically the good guy kind yeah. of it's such a weird dynamic but it, it is an interesting dynamic but that's what makes it so good because he doesn't have any animosity towards thorfinn or towards thors he's doing everything for his goal yeah and his goal is amazing he's such a weird antagonist he is because he's not really an ant i guess kind of can you consider i don't think he's really a villain but kind of he's jump sides i don't know it's weird it is weird, but he's dope, and ah, Askeladd's just amazing. It's super you hard to talk seen... about him without spoiling things. If you, if you haven't seen Vinland Saga, watch it. It's, yeah, it's one on of the Prime best Video. Come out the last few years, I, in my opinion. Yeah, it is amazing. I liked it better Animation than Animation by Wit Studio is also amazing. Yeah, I liked it better than Promise Neverland. I liked it better than um, Demon Slayer. What other good ones have come out the last couple of years? Fire uh, Force that i liked it more than uh dr stone as well dr stone anime was i mean it was good but compared to the manga it's not that good dr stone's concept is just so yeah it is i i really enjoyed the manga the manga's artwork is oh my god boichi who's who does the art is it's amazing it's the best art i've seen in any manga yeah that's what i've heard too yeah so i have one other person uh that i'd like to talk about that is father from yep full metal alchemist brotherhood i don't is he in full metal alchemist i don't even know i think they have a different final antagonist i don't even think he's like the main final antagonist yeah i really i don't know anything about uh full metal alchemist so yeah oh yeah but father's like the original or like the first homunculus isn't he yeah i got another one i want to talk about that i just remembered yeah but father's like starts in a jar and then just like takes advantage of von hohenheim thousands it's it's like thousands of years in the past isn't it i think it's i don't know if it's thousands but i think it's like a a thousand like yeah it's like a long time ago and von Mm -hmm. hohenheim is like a slave and he literally doesn't even have a name and the homunculus gives him the name right and yeah the homunculus just like copies his body and becomes him it's kind of mm-hmm. weird it is kind of weird and then it's... he like makes himself into other homunculi, homunculi as oh. like and they all have names under the seven deadly sins yep uh and then basically like the end game is he's trying to become a god he's trying to sacrifice a nation to kill god and become god <laughs> it's actually kind of fucked up when you think it about is, it it is kind of super fucked up, fucked up. Dude, I, I like the scene where he's the little tiny homunculus at the end, and then God is talking Against, to him. Yeah, the truth of God. And he's like, what did I do wrong? What's the matter with that? Like, he's, like, breaking down. Yeah, he's probably, he's one of the most popular antagonists oh, around. Definitely. I mean, given uh, that's going to happen when you're from possibly the most popular series of all time. Right. So yeah, he's who, cool. who, came, who came up in your mind, then, that you needed to mention? It's a villain from Naruto called Pain. Oh yeah, he's on a lot of top. I have not gotten that far in Naruto, but 
he is i honestly is that in shippuden or is that in that, the original that's in shippuden, yep. okay i haven't seen any of shippuden and he was a very a very good a very flushed out character who he also wanted the greater good but did it through fucked up means and i think shippuden should have ended with the pain arc because the whole great shinobi war arc is hot trash it's basically hot trash that is looks beautiful and has ridiculous fights but it is so drawn out and just the series would have been so much better if they would have ended it with pain but yeah i haven't watched it in a while but pain is a very cool character and yeah he's just awesome and that whole thing with what happens to jiraiya and then you get jiraiya and pain's backstory and then you understand why pain's doing what he's doing he is a very cool character I just wanted to briefly mention him because I haven't watched that in years. Probably. Yeah, I haven't seen it at all, so I can't really make any comments on it. But yeah, he's a really good villain, and it was my favorite. He's my favorite villain in the series, and I guess the Akatsuki is just—they're pretty cool as well. A lot of those villains are. Are those the dude that wear like the robes with clouds on them? Yep, and they each have their different ideals, and they—they're they're pretty good characters. They each get fleshed out throughout each of their character arcs. Mm-hmm. And Kowski is a good villain organization, but Pain is my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, I've I I've, I've heard that Pain is by or is probably the best villain in all of Naruto or all the yeah. Naruto series, but I haven't seen enough of it, I guess, to make any comments on that. Right. Yeah, I, and I also haven't seen it in a while, so I haven't done too much deep thinking about it. I'd have to go revisit it in order to talk more about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Pain's Pain's super cool. I have one that I'm also surprised you didn't put on your list, and I can't remember his name, but it's from Fate Zero. Oh, uh, Kireko Tamine? He's not the or, villain, though. Or, like... The the priest guy. Oh. Yeah, no, that, yeah. Is that Kireko That's, Tamine? Yeah, Kiritugi Emiya is the main guy. Oh, yeah, you're right. Kireko Tamine is the priest guy. That's a good one, AK. Yeah, no, he's... I mean, I guess he's kind of the villain. I don't know. In that show, there really aren't villains. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Like, everybody's, but yeah. Nobody's more of a villain than another person because everybody's just fighting for what they want. I think Gilgamesh is also a pretty pretty cool villain because he's just got the god complex of all god complexes. He thinks the world is his. Gilgamesh <laughs> is badass, dude. He's so badass. He literally just says, like, that's mine. Everything is mine. How dare you? Like, all treasures in the world belong to him. Right. I'm pretty sure he bitches out Saber. He's, she's like, he's like, that sword, that's mine. Like, it's my property. Everything belongs to me. He's OP as hell. Well, I think we could probably call it an episode. I think that's it. I think we went over some pretty good characters. I think we hit pretty much all the big players. All the, all the big boys. All the big boys have been hit. I think um, so. A few little boys. Right, we covered some big players. Uh, I'll just say Frieza's okay, villain. <laughs> Frieza? I, I don't have a desire to watch Dragon Ball, so... So yeah, it's it's no comments again. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, thanks for watching and listening, yeah. guys. Appreciate it. Till next time, I guess. No, yeah. no future episode topic again because we're unorganized. Yeah, we're unorganized. We got pretty busy schedules. Keep listening if you like the content. Yeah. We see you next week. Yeah, later.